So hi everyone and welcome to Architecture in the Den and it's a sunny uh, bank holiday weekend in uh, sunny Manchester and I think both Hamza and I have called the sun today so we're feeling a little bit a little bit tired. Um, hope you're drinking lots of water Hamza. I have got my glass next to me now. Big glass, fantastic. It's just very easy to get dehydrated. <laughs> So um, I'm your host, Lisa, Lisa Raines, uh, founder of the uh, Pride Road Architecture Practice franchise. It's a business in the box that provides um, all the kind of architecture support you need if you want to set up a practice. Um, and um, today we're going to be talking to Hamza Sheikh. Hamza's a part two architectural assistant and a partner at Make Architects in London. He's a producer and host of the Two Worlds Design podcast series, which explores the multidisciplinary potential of architecture by speaking with extraordinary practitioners. In 2020, he founded the Mad Collective together with content creators and an audience from around the world. He currently runs a fast-growing YouTube channel providing educational content for the architecture students and he's set to start his part three studies at the University of Cambridge this year. And we'll be coming back to this quite a bit, but you can find his popular architecture drawings on his Instagram, which we will put in the bio. And um, that's what this is all about. So, um, would you like to say hello and tell us a little bit more? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, looking forward to the discussion. I think you, um, I think you conveyed to me that this was going to be about drawing, so I'm quite excited for this one. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. I mean, I yeah, I, I'm just trying to think how we came across each other. I think I might have found you on Clubhouse. I think Clubhouse, yeah. Yay! <laughs> and then uh, you kind of talked about your drawings and if anyone's on clubhouse it's very easy to link from clubhouse in people's bios and it goes into the instagram feed so how, how did your instagram come about oh god this is a uh, this is a complicated story um do you want the long story or the quick story <laughs> let's go to the long story okay all right well, <laughs> this might throw you throw you off but two worlds design um, was actually actually started off as a clothing line. Okay. Um, so when I was in my foundation year in Canterbury University, Creative Arts Canterbury, I I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do creatively. I was doing you know an art foundation, not really you know because art foundations are pretty laid back, so you can do whatever you want really um, it's all about exploring anyway so I was was really in the creative spirit and um, I always wanted to start some sort of business I always wanted to see what it could feel like and be like to to, to have some sort of um, entrepreneurial venture that had linked into what I enjoyed and what I knew I was best at which was sort of, sort of creative expression and so uh, a clothing line was born and I think the clothing line essentially came out of the, I guess, the market opportunity I saw in university of uh, kind of attaching myself to the DJs and the, the kind of nightlife protagonists, let's just say, because I was, I was quite involved in, in that in my university days, in the early days. And I had a lot of DJ friends who, 
who were essentially the perfect people to promote my shirts. So it ended up being this um, this weird little business venture, which never really brought in any any real money. I mean, little bits here and there, but it was more the I think the exposure to that possibility at a young age um, that one I was craving and two I was quite excited by you know following it so that's how it started that's how the Instagram journey started um, but there's a there's a very deep uh, kind of philosophy behind what two worlds design is and what that even that clothing line even though on the surface clothing line is is, is quite a well you know it's its definition is it's this you know it, it is on the surface but the the deeper kind of creative concept behind two worlds design was something really personal to me and 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 something which was done in the right way because that's because that concept was then translated into what it has become today which is architecture focused mm. um so that concept was basically looking at uh, the in and the out it was a it was a philosophical sort of creative concept that was very close to me the idea of uh contrast and, and and extremes you know looking at one side of things and the complete other side of things so it, it always struck me that I felt conflicted a lot growing up I felt you know I felt um kind of two sides of things pulling at me all the time um you know whether that was my inner kind of urge to become to go down in maybe an academic route and, and really be sensible and responsible and the other side of me which was the complete opposite which was trying to uh be wild and crazy and free so i always had these conflicts within me and um that was just a natural expression of what two worlds was and two worlds design became a challenge of how do i express that artistically mm. and it started with a clothing line as i said but it later evolved as I started to become more so serious what, with it. So what sort of clothing was it? They were just t-shirts, but what I was doing, again, this kind of, you know, the personal side of it, which I'm explaining, but there's also there's also a very business side to it as well, which was how I was trying to leverage the, I guess, the facilities I had in my reaching distance. I mentioned the DJs, but I also had a lot of graphic designer friends who were, you know, in this amazing university, which is University of Creative Arts. Um, and so, you know, I, I would come up with a design concept and sketch it out and get my graphic designer friends around and say, come on, crack something out for me. Let's, <laughs> let's put this on a t-shirt. And I had very, um, supportive parents who were, who were, who were able to invest a small amount of money in me to get a couple of t-shirts, you know, it was a couple, it was a couple hundred, to be honest, t-shirts printed. So, so nothing, you know, there was no real, um, fashion statement being made with the textiles they were you know prints they were artistic logos and prints um so yeah that that was the way the shirts were designed but as i said they they later the whole concept went through a revamp when i started becoming more passionate about architecture um and then it took a turn where i said actually why don't i just bring in this entrepreneurial urge i have into my architectural studies and Two Worlds Design was was born in a in the architectural world, which <laughs> strangely ended up becoming a podcast because I think the the deep philosophical kind of uh, notion of the in and the out is 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 broad, is open, it's conceptual, it's poetic, it's philosophical enough 
to be a this almost like a little research arm I use as a sort of you know a research initiative to to fuel my architectural uh, kind of curiosities mm. um, and I can explain a little bit more about how that actually um, links to architecture if you want <laughs> it sounds yes please do I just going back to the entrepreneurial side is it something that you've always tried doing when you were younger sort of entrepreneurial experiments um I don't think so no I don't think so I don't even have any sort of business people in my family either yeah. you said but you, you see say there's kind of there was like a passion or a craving to try and do something I think I think the main passion was in the creative expression. How am I going to create something uh, th that is artistically sound? Mm. Um, I think the business side of it came in probably because I, I was at that part point in my life, you know, uh, you know, late teenager, thinking, starting to think a little bit more about money. <laughs> um, so I think you know, I was always, I mean. My, my parents are both doctors mm. uh, to, to kind of hit the brown guy stereotype. Um, so I think at the same time, you know, we were always, I always had in my mind that, you know, I wanted to have a stable income and, you know, I was never moving towards the, the, the kind of these STEM kind of professions that my parents really value. And I think uh, a lot of other parents who come out of the South Asian culture value. So I think, thinking about how do I create some sort of stable income was always on my mind. And that was exacerbated by the insecurity of my venturing into the creative world. Mm. The idea that how the hell am I going to make any money? <laughs> so I've got, so it's kind of like, I've got some skills, let's monetize it. Yeah, let's find a way to make, make uh, some sort of- I mean, it's, it's, I, I've been on various kind of like mini entrepreneurial ventures throughout my life mm. without just, you know whenever there's a new little bit of technology or new little bit of kit or something I just want to have this urge to kind of master it and learn how to to use it or make some I do a lot of sewing so I have the I have an urge to like construct a, a dress I'm actually um I sewed the dress that I'm wearing to tonight and oh, wow. <laughs> I this, this was my last year. I went through a must learn how to sew jersey. Actually, sewing stretch materials is quite tricky. <laughs> and so I went through a phase and I just made like, I bought this book and I made like three versions of this once I'd kind of worked out how it did. <laughs> and it's, and it, I think it's, it's, it's an architectural skill, I think. It's just trying to unpick something. How, how, how is something put together? How do you make it? Uh, how do you master it and then right okay what can I do with that and um, when when we started down in lockdown I I went into making lego which is just behind me starting yeah. with a standard kit and then once I kind of understood how it was all put together and the components so that was like a standard classic kind of like 16 plus house kit I'm just pointing to it's like the book bookshop um kind of kit once I'd worked that out I then started making my own things out of it in a in a similar way in um just how lego um kind of built kind of plans and elevation and the 
kind of elevations and explained it to other people how to build them in um the the last um podcast recording um was um with pablo apollinar and we talked about lego for a whole podcast it was amazing <laughs> architects and like anyway sorry completely di diverging off the topic here <laughs> but yeah i think i completely get that right okay i've got an idea here i, I want to get i want to be creative want to put two and two together try and make something of it with your sort of dj contacts and and then you launch this two worlds and so and 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 so how did it then move into being a podcast uh, yeah so that that came a bit later on so i think the first thing was i i was never um i was never attracted to the whole architect thing in in uni either i was never really wanting to become a personality or you know i mean for example today uh, you know I've, I've been referred to as an uh, an influencer, but I don't. I, I I never sought that. I never. And I and that's why Two Worlds Design became my baby. I wanted that to become a success. I didn't want it to be kind of a personal brand. Mm -hmm. um, and so Two Worlds Design would kept going on uh, throughout my university as a as as just a an account to publish any any creative expression I could possibly do in my architectural studies or even beyond and i would just post that on instagram so it, all i knew in my head was i want to have a brand i want to have some some sort of thing that i can call a brand and um i know instagram is the right place to do it and i think there's a lot to talk about on that in terms of like you know the early people on instagram especially in architecture because um i've been on instagram doing architectural content for for a long time now and um, I think I got in at the sort of just about the right time. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it was. I, I think whilst you're talking, I'm going to share my screen, and I've got your Instagram here. Well, I'll put the I'll put your link in the bio as well, so people can um, have a look at it. So is this the the feed we should be looking at the Hamza shaped design? Funnily enough, yes, because this is what Two Worlds Design started off as. Mm. Um, to, I mean, I won't explain the long version because this could t take a while, but basically Two Worlds Design was where I was putting out my my architectural drawings and I was instantly, the, the one thing I just loved about architecture more than more than nearly anything else was drawings and, and being able to convey, you know, the deeper aspects of architecture, which I also loved, obviously, you know, the idea that architecture is way more than just what you see on the surface but people can have these profound experiences within space they can interpret the space in a completely different way and the space can influence you and impact you in ways which are just incredibly profound so you know how do you portray these intangible concepts through something tangible was instantly a, a kind of hit for me in my head um and so i i instantly saw oh my god there's a perfect connection with this brand i started earlier about the, the conflict and the in and the out um you know the inner feelings you know and the outer feelings and what's going on um that i thought okay there's a perfect meeting point with how that relates to architecture because the number one thing i was loving about architecture was was the external expression of architecture 
and its internal its its internal possibilities and what i mean by the internal possibilities is the, the kind of intangible effects of architecture the way in which it can influence your behavior the way in which your behavior can influence its design um the phenomenology if you like so there was it, it struck me quite quickly that architecture was something that existed in two worlds it was this thing which which essentially functioned as uh you know um, essentially it functions as a profession where people are, are primarily concerned with how something which is used as a, as a, as a kind of creative, tangible expression can be, can also be seen to have a completely internal effect. You can have a personal experience with architecture. So this idea of architecture existing in the inner world and the outer world became the whole premise for the podcast. Um, and then it essentially became this, this, you know, this thing that people's, could really start to relate to. And I think where you are just now, that logo on the on the very left, that's when I first put out the 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 version of Two Worlds Design as it is today. So you know it I think this logo that I designed is essentially the perfect way of summarizing, you know, what what the concept is and what this concept became. So uh, for people who are listening on a podcast and not on YouTube, do you want to just explain what the logo is? Yeah, so what we're looking at is this little stick figure um, who is standing in centre frame with a line. The line that's used to draw the stick figure is suddenly, you know, deviating and swirling into buildings coming out of his head. Uh, it sounds more complicated than what it is, but... Just, just Google Two Worlds Design podcast, and you'll see the logo, and that's what what, what we're looking at. And and, and then then there's a, a grid in the back, a very faint grid in the background. And what is that contours? Yeah, yeah. So trying to bring in the logo itself, and the, the artwork was trying to bring in the architectural references to show this idea that you know it was a very difficult logo to design because of the concept being quite deep. But you know, architecture exists in in two worlds, and you know it operates in the threshold between the inner world and the outer world. And that's the way I describe it. Mm. And the logo essentially, or tries to show that in a very simple way. Mm. And, and so, um, so how's this moved on into a podcast, which is a kind of oral experience rather than a, a, a visual experience? Well, well, as I said, it's just it's it's such a deep concept to talk about. You know, what is the true potential? What is the true effect of architecture? That in of itself is is one. It's the core concept, as I said, because if you if you if you're looking at how architecture can influence the inner world, i.e., the perception and the experience of people, and you're looking at how architecture can influence the outer world, and I don't need to give any examples of that, <laughs> um, then then you're, you've basically opened up uh, uh, an environment to discuss endless things. <laughs> and essentially, you know, although I like to summarize and, and kind of, you know, neaten up the ethos of the podcast to say it's, it's exploring the multidisciplinary potential of architecture, mm -hmm. it's actually exploring anything architecture because, you know, the umbrella is so wide. But what I really try to do is, is bring it back to this final, uh, this kind of final investigation of 
okay, we're looking at all of these crazy potentials and effects of architecture, but what, what is the outcome? What is the end result? Are we able to look at architecture in a slightly different way that, that you never would have looked at before? For example, when we bring on people onto the podcast who are doing things on the fringes of architecture and suddenly the, you know, their stories are being explained and their stories are being explored, you end up finding, oh my God, I never knew someone who had an architectural background or I never knew the you know, learning architectural education could allow me to do all these other different things. So it really is, it really is that exploring the, the potential of architecture. I mean, your drawings are just exquisitely beautiful. And I, th I think you use quite a few different um, uh, uh, media, don't you? What, what do you tend to draw in? Yeah, I mean, the drawings are kind of the separate, uh, kind of a separate beast in a way. As I said, I, I, I'm interested in the deepest aspects of architectural conversation and philosophy, if you like. But I'm also extremely passionate about how that is expressed through drawing. So this page, which again, I, you know, I can explain later how it became a personal page, even though I was saying I was trying to avoid that. But it, it explores as many different drawing styles as I can, really. So, you know, a lot of this is from my academic work in, in uni, but a lot of it is actually just my, my own doodle. So it varies from, you know, from 3D modeling, rendering, hybrid drawings, working digitally, Photoshop, Illustrator to Procreate, to hand drawing, to even painting. I do anything and everything I can to express the architecture in as many different ways as I can. <laughs> mm. They're just absolutely gorgeous. So I'd highly recommend um, if anyone's listening to this to go and have a look at the Instagram and have a look at some of these images. Um, <clears throat> so, <laughs> We're actually coming to the end of our time already. Is there anything um, you wanted to ask me? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd be curious to find out a bit more about, um, you know, what you're doing in terms of Pride Road, because I think um, an interesting thing that's come up is, um, I guess, surfaced, that surfaced is, um, even though I'm extremely creatively mind and want to look at how I express my creativity, I always had the entrepreneurial urge and I wonder how that kind of relates to, to, to your story and what you do at, at Pride. Yeah, absolutely. And I can see sort of like, I, <laughs> um, I'm just looking at um, your kind of list of, of um, channels. You've kind of got you, you uh, on YouTube and um, you co-founded uh, the Mad Collective, and you're working a year as a partner as as Make. You've kind of multifaceted guy, which is amazing. Um, so um, for me, um, <clears throat> well, I I trained as an architect um, through the sort of normal routes. Um, I kind of sort of followed the. Um, did my three sort of my, my four A levels and then chose architecture to go into. And then once I'd started the course, I kind of realized that it was a great course to do and loved it. Um, and so um, enjoyed the whole kind of experience, 
and when I came out uh, and did my part twos and and then my part threes, I was at like Ian Simpson and kind of working um, in sort of like design practices. Um, but then I started um, just to find that it 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 uh, there was a bit of a burden on like my personal life. Um, sort of with the kind of long hours culture mm. um, and it didn't kind of work with kind of starting a family um, and so even though I was kind of like on an upward trajectory with my career um, sort of like starting a family kind of put put paid to that really um, and so I kind of uh, had one two three kids and um, <clears throat> I ended up sort of me sort of losing my job um, in 2010, um, and I kind of had no choice but to set up on my own because um, it was it, it, I think over 50% of the architectural profession had been laid off at that point, so there were you know there were no jobs to be had, so I set up on my own, but. As I kind of alluded to kind of earlier, I'd always dabbled in kind of like the business business and sort of marketing. I'd had an interest in marketing at my previous practice. Um, when I was on maternity leave, I think with child number two, I couldn't find um, a maternity bag. Um, it's one of, one of those bags that you carry around um, with all your nappies and your changing mats and all of that stuff. I couldn't find um, kind of one that was either practical or beautiful. And I wanted to have something that was both. I just didn't want to have like the bog standard awful um, nappy bag that had like mamas and papas written on it. It's really funny because um, I've got a one-year-old and we've got uh, we've got our trusty rucksack which is carries anything and everything to, to mm. do with, with him and it's very practical but it's actually quite ugly yeah I'll give you that. Mm. <laughs> I know so I kind of went on this um, sort of journey of trying to make different types of bags. Oh wow. <laughs> And and I kind of designed something that um, oh it was kind of like a cross a crossbody bag it was like a messenger bag but the way it was made it was um, kind of sturdy enough and um, sort of had enough pockets and I was using reclaimed fabrics um, and then again the the changing mat. You know, yeah. they're basically a piece of towel and oil cloth. Right. And the ones that we had were just awful. So I was just finding kind of remnants of oil cloth and toweling and then putting it all together. And I uh, decided to make a few and launched a little company and um, tried to sell them. And it was just really interesting going through the whole process of, you know, how much do these things cost to make? versus how much can you sell them for? And if you're in a shop, what's the markup? And then, you know, kind of get trying to promote them and get them in. And um, I got, work, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I think I got as far as um, sort of working with the bag manufacturer to produce templates for the um, 
the uh, changing mats. They were really hard to cut in the uh, in the ovals. So they kind of they create they did a stamp so they could stamp like quite a few at a time and cut them out. So that was quite nice. But it kind of as a business it washed its face, but it didn't really go anywhere. But you know, I set I set up a website. You know, I did PR, did some marketing, did some branding around it. And it's those lessons that I kind of learned and, and carried through. So um, yeah, I've kind of dabbled a bit in you know, different aspects of running a business until when I kind of set up on my own and um, just everything came together. So Amazing. I, yeah, and it was, but you know, it's through doing things, you know, things that you enjoy, things that you want to try. Um, I organized um, a Manchester Curious in 2015, which was like um, a, a London open house type festival. But in Manchester, we had 36 buildings over a weekend in October. And it was really, you know, kind of got about 500 attendees. Um, and that was in association with the Manchester Society of Architects and the RIBA. And just learning from that experience, you can then take it into other things. And it gave me the confidence then to launch Pride Road as a franchise kind of like a year later. So, you know, every time you do these kind of cute, these little things that kind of build up into, into something, you, you never quite know how you're going to use that little bit of knowledge until one day it just, you know, slots into place and go, ah, that's what I'm going to use it for. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that I think architecturally trained mind is is a remarkable mind. And obviously, I'm a bit biased, but I think um, I think the way in which we we're, we're trained and the way we in which we learn to think laterally, we think we all think about the bigger picture. And from the examples you know, of your journey as well, it mm -hmm. shows that you know you can take something creative, which you know it's it's definitely not easy to create the thing which is the art as well but you know to go off and sell it and try and find a way to make it work economically is is a challenge but it's something you do often find people who are trained architecturally do and I love that. Mm, I that I think that's a perfect note to end the conversation on so amazing. So thank you very much for coming on the podcast um and thanks everyone for listening um if you enjoyed the show please follow us share us subscribe whatever you do on youtube and spotify and if you would be interested in coming on the show please contact me lisa rains or you can check out my website prideroadfranchise.co.uk so once again thanks very much for giving up your maybe bank holiday and coming on the show i oh, know it's my pleasure thank you for having me okie dokie